there, my name is Shane Craddock and this is the Inner Edge podcast where I share a different take on how to lead and live a sustainable high performance life. Over the course of different episodes, I'm going to challenge the belief that tension, stress and struggle are essential to success and creativity. My experience is that there's an easier way, there's a better way and indeed there's an essential way that we need to explore for the times that we live in. So let's go ahead, let's jump in and explore. Hey there, and uh, welcome to today's episode. I hope wherever you are, whatever you're doing, listening to this podcast, that you're you're keeping well, you're in good health, and that the people around you are all good. Um, today's episode obviously is called The Best Success System, and I suppose th- this is a big topic, um, and I'm hoping to maybe provoke some thought here to maybe make you think a bit deeper, maybe look in a slightly different direction than normal. But in essence, everything that produces something has a system, right? So everything. And I suppose this morning, just before recording this podcast, um, I got a cup of coffee, uh, local van, make nice coffee. There's one barista there. They've got their coffee machine and um, they, they, they do nice business. Um, that's a little system. And anybody who's an entrepreneur or you know will know that the value very often is in creating a system uh, the ultimate system is one that you can just step out of and not be in all the time. Uh, a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck or CEOs get stuck actually in the machine, get stuck in the system, different conversation. But everything that everything that works has a system. Uh, the question is, how well is it working? Um, so businesses are, are systems with people. Um, sports teams, they're all systems. There's players. They've got different roles on the pitch. There's also management. There's coaches. There's... In a, in a business context with sports, there's obviously all sorts of different roles behind the scenes. Um, I like to think of Formula One as a obviously very high-performance elite sport. I was listening to a podcast there, interview with Toto Wolff, the principal of Mercedes, the best-performing team for the last seven, eight years in Formula One. And he was talking about essentially, you know, their, their, their business is essentially made up of processes and people. And those interactions create a system. Um, but also there's a kind of a wider system in every context. You know, there's... There's a Formula One ecosystem that includes the fans. Even if I look at my my Apple phone, or even when I'm recording this on a on a Apple MacBook, and there's all sorts of systems that, that allow me to record this podcast. Apple have an ecosystem, you know. So the question is, do we think about the systems that we have, both as leaders in any context, whether it's parents, you know, because your family is a system. There's an output. There's outcomes. Your system of parenting. Um, but obviously, because this is the inner edge, what I'm really interested in is is the inner systems because you can have great outer systems, but if the inner systems of anybody in the system, like a person, um, goes off, which will happen because that's business and life. Life life is a full contact sport, so is business for sure. Um, so everybody has their own success system, though. Um, they've got areas where they they do well and maybe others where they'd like to do better, maybe not so well. But not often enough do people think about the inner system going on inside themselves or going inside the people around them. You know, what's their system for handling adversity? What's their system for creating? And uh, what I find fascinating is that most people are not really conscious of whatever inner approach or inner system they have. And if you're looking for an edge, that's the place to look, not just for yourself, but also, you know, my capacity is working with leaders and entrepreneurs, CEOs. My job is to kind of help them identify um, the inner systems at work. And also the inner systems that don't, and perhaps 
then drop dependency on a lot of systems, which I'll explain hopefully in a few minutes. Um, so the inner systems, right? Now, uh, I'm thinking of a, of a company in the US and, and the name escapes me right now. I came across it a few months ago, but what I liked about their approach was that when things went wrong, which happens all the time, obviously in business, that's how you fail forward essentially. Um, they would focus on the system. They had this phrase, focus on the system, not on the people. So they would say, well, okay, whatever system we have is creating this result. We want a different result, a better result. Let's look at the system. Now, what I didn't see anywhere in reading about them was, do they look at the inner systems, as in the internal systems inside people, how they think, how they respond, how they react, how they create. And um, it's very clear now through research that people who, who are really good at creating success in any context have a certain type of inner system. Um, and I'll go through a couple of examples of that now in the next few minutes, but uh, just to kick it off, something that occurred to me this week, which kind of prompted me talking about this podcast, um, which wasn't originally my intention, and this happens to me all the time, I, I've got a list of topics I'm going to, that, you know, say I'm going to talk about this over the next few weeks on the podcast, and then what happens is something else pops in and goes, actually, that's better. So I hope it is. Um, <laughs> so I was, I, I was talking to a client during the week who um, was going through one of my process is called the clarity experiences where I generally start new clients um, and it's kind of a chance to step back and look at the reality of their life and their work and their business and then also create a kind of a, an authentic meaningful vision for what success would excite them um, but that's also true to themselves uh, both in business and in life which is unfortunately not that common so anyway, as we're going through it and we're kind of halfway through the process which runs over about four weeks um He's given me an excuse as to why uh, some of the homework wasn't done in between sessions. It was kind of like the whole, you know, the dog ate my homework type of excuse. And he was talking about, uh, <laughs> instead of kind of getting stuck into some stuff that we'd agreed and talked about, how he he built something in his back garden, which essentially was um, kind of an outdoor bar area that held, you know, his barbecue and it sounded actually pretty cool. Um, but he was talking about how he created that and the process. And, and what I was fascinated by, which I always am, is, oh, what's going on here now inside him? What's his system for creating something like this? And this guy, very smart, um, very capable guy. In, it was very clear that he was, but got very much into building this tiki bar in the back garden. So there was an area of his back garden. And he said, okay, I'm going to completely gut it and I'm going to put in this new tiki bar. I'll have a barbecue there and I'll put in a bar and everything else. It'd be great. And he was telling me that his wife was slagging him off because what he generally does with DIY projects when he gets really excited is he just kind of stands and stares, is the way he described it, stands and stares. And I said, oh, that's interesting. So when you're standing and staring, what are you doing? He said, what do you mean? I said, well, what are you, what are you, what are you imagining? Where are you looking at? I said, oh, well, I'm, I'm kind of playing around in my mind with what the end result's going to look like. Um, and then I'm kind of looking at that in my head and figure out, okay, well, how would, how would I do that? And I have to do this and put in a a beam or a joist or whatever else. And I'm kind of working it out backwards and forwards in my mind. I said, all right. And how does it feel when you're doing that? Do you feel stressed or you feel pretty good? I said, no, no, I kind of feel kind of in the flow. I just, it's kind of effortless. I'm just kind of playing around with stuff in my mind. All right, okay. Yeah. And see, I said, were you happy with the result? He says, oh, I'm no, really happy. We're delighted with it. And um, I was saying to him, well, do you apply that same sort of inner approach? Because that's a system of thinking an inner system of thinking. Do you apply the same approach to the business? 
And without going into it in too much detail, it was obvious that he wasn't to that extent. In fact, when he went into the business, it was kind of generally causing more stress. And he certainly wasn't in that kind of a free flow, creative mode. Um, which I think for most people, when they're doing something that they enjoy or something, they're, not, they're just not overthinking it. And they give themselves also as a reason as to why that is. But essentially, a different type of inner system kicks in. Now, in my experience, I think that that's more natural almost. And it's very unconscious in people. They don't realize the value of it or even what they're doing or even the fact that they're using it in one area of their life and maybe not in another. And then I could go to the flip side where I was also dealing with somebody during this week, ironically, who, who is very successful in business. I mean, this person has made a lot of money um, in the gazillions territory. And they have a very clear, it was obviously had a very clear success system. Um, but an outer system in terms of their approach to business, extremely good, I mean, excellent. And then also an inner system in terms of their approach to business. But what was interesting was, they have enough money now, so they've stepped out of the business world essentially. And they're, but the issue was that they're probably more lacking in purpose, was the way they phrased it. And from my point of view, what what was very evident was that there just was a lack of aliveness or va va voom. And I guess that's the same thing, I guess for them. But as I was saying to to that person, well, you're associating the activity of running your business perhaps with that sense of being in the flow, being in the zone. Um, but what are you doing on the inner side mentally when you're in that zone? And, and the very short answer was, well, I'm just very focused on the activities at hand. and very focused on what I'm creating. I said, right, so why can't you use the same approach in your personal life? Which initially, when they were looking at me, didn't make any sense to them. But it obviously struck a chord because of the conversation that we, that we then had. So, like, your thinking does determine a huge amount but we don't necessarily always consciously catch the unconscious thinking that's going on at a deep level inside of us but again as you're probably figuring out with me there's maybe different angles on things so on one level you may be aware that there's a lot of huge amount of research over the last 30 years um in a thing an area called learned optimism it also kicks in and affects performance psychology and what they've shown very clearly in research is that people who are very optimistic have a mental habit of thinking a certain way. It's an inner system again. Um, and a lot of it's to do with when something happens, whether it's good or bad, particularly say even bad events, how the person explains stuff to themselves. It's called explanatory style. How they explain stuff to themselves, which is essentially how they think about a situation, has a huge effect then on their perception, which affects their behavior, which affects their actions, which affects their results. So a key, key skill really in any capacity, if you're looking for more success, is to become much more aware, much more conscious of what you are thinking, but also to question the validity of that thinking. And if it doesn't serve you, to drop it. So learned optimism in particular, which was pioneered originally by Martin Seligman, has kind of spawned this whole other area around great research and growth mindset and everything else, um, is very valid. But it also has a problem embedded in it, I believe, which is that even with very optimistic people, um, the danger is, is if you if you can't shut it off when it should be shut off, all right? So say, for example, you know, could have somebody who's um, very motivated and achieving certain results, like a lot of high-energy, uh, high-performance entrepreneurs or CEOs, um, or even high-performance uh, sports people, but they might have a very much clear optimistic thinking structure inside, but they could be coming from a very uh, self-centered, uh, egocentric 
point of view. So, um, and, and you could say that that's primarily maybe the old model. Um, and I know a lot of, I've spoken with many leaders over the, over the last 10 years where I'm thinking of one person, even in a very large multinational, were saying that they, they saw that one of the biggest problems that they had with a lot of their high performers was that they really fundamentally underneath it all, no matter what they said, were actually just thinking about themselves, not necessarily about the, the well-being of the people around them or even the well-being of the organization or indeed the well-being of the community of the world. And even at universities like MIT are now saying, well, we need to look at our business models because they're recognizing that the inherent model from the industrial age was very much ego-centered is what they're saying. And they're suggesting we need to transition across to what, what they're calling eco-centered, not necessarily the best just for the environment, but eco in terms of even humanity and the best thing for the world, which I, which I particularly like. So, <clears throat> you know, for example, I know a lot of entrepreneurs where aggression is their system. Okay, let's be aggressive to get stuff done, push, 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 and that will get results. But it may not be the very best thing to get results. And certainly going forwards in today's world, with where we've got five different types of generations, the, the newer generations don't respond to that. And uh, talent will leave leaders that are highly aggressive. Um, in a football context, I often think about now, uh, you know, Man United, or say, because I'm a fan, um, so don't hold that against me for Liverpool or whatever else. Uh, but Jose Mourinho, one of the top managers in the last 20 years in, in, in football around the world, you know, he wasn't, he struggled recently over, you know, the last two or three teams he's managed. Um, and it seems to be more to do with the system that he's used doesn't seem to be fitting with the times where the likes of Pep Guardiola or Jurgen Klopp obviously have a different system, which essentially is an inner system, a value system around how do they actually look at people? How do they think about people? Um, it's less command and control. It's much more collaborative, much more like, I think, like a, a, a conductor. So I think what I, the challenge for you, or you know, if I'm if I'm talking to somebody privately, I'm saying, well, look, if the outcomes don't match up to your expectations for whatever reason, I think you need to look at the system. The outer system is very important, but I think the inner system inside you is is also equally important. But also the inner system around people around you. And for me, the very best success system is one that is clarity led. To use MIT's language, it's eco centered, as opposed to ego centered. Now, a kind of a very simple analogy is, and this is where I'm going to maybe stretch perhaps your thinking on this, hopefully, is that your physical body has is an incredible system, your physical body. So it has all these organs inside doing all this work, you know, pumping blood, healing cells, regenerating, bringing in, you know, it's just an amazing network of systems, the heart, the kidneys, the liver, the brain, like it just, it's endless, all the different endocrine systems, the nervous system, it's just incredible. But all of that's happening at an unconscious level. All of it. You don't have to tell it to do anything. So if I cut my hand, my body has a system and an intelligence built into it that will heal my hand. It's incredible. So is it that much of a stretch for me to suggest that maybe there's this deep intelligence built into our minds as well? Because that's that's what that's what my experience is showing me, is that there's a deep intelligence so that when your mind is in its natural state, which is calm, centered, clear, relaxed, it does seem to me that naturally something kicks in where you naturally start to think more optimistically. I am somebody who was very much, I had a system at one point in my life where I was using depressive thinking without realizing it. When I realized it, then I trained myself to go into optimistic thinking, which definitely helped. But you know what? 
took a lot of energy and work to manage it. And actually, that was at times exhausting and at times, at times it actually kind of really damaged me as well. And actually, in the last maybe six, seven years, I've discovered that there's actually an easier way. There is a genuinely better way, which is more to do with cultivating your ability to be in the present, to be relaxed in a non-effortful, stressful way. Um, easy to say, not so easy to do, because it is very much an experiential feeling thing. But when you're in that space, your body seems to, sorry, your mind seems to have a deep intelligence, is my experience, that that's when creativity kicks in. That's when the optimism naturally flows in with no effort. That's when I'm in more inclined to be in free flow mode. And my experience now is that it's not something that we have to learn. It's more that we have to unlearn the other conditioning that we've picked up from society from the last, whatever, a few hundred years and picked up from people around us and the systems around us. You know, systems need to change with the times. So a lot of our organizations that talk about is our business fit for purpose for the next five years? What do we need to make it fit for purpose? You have to change the system, change the processes, change the people, and very, or get new people, shake things up. But what about you? Are you fit for purpose? You know, what about your own inner system? How, how are you assessing that? How are you going to upgrade it? Now, to me, what interferes with your natural, deep inner intelligence, that inner system, the natural one that's already there, what interferes with us actually is um, self-consciousness um, and anything that creates tension. So tension is the enemy. Um, the friend is the ability to be present in the moment. So overthinking, overanalysis, being overly self-conscious of even what you think about what you want and being self-motivated or self, your, 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 if your agenda is all about yourself as in what's in it for me, that, that shuts down seemingly, in my experience, the impact that your natural intelligence can kick in. And at the end of the day, you know, you'd have to recognize that nature is an incredible system. It's just beyond comprehension as to how smart uh, nature is, life is. All you have to do is watch any of the David Attenborough documentaries to kind of see that truth. But again, all you've got to do is walk out your front door and just look at the bees buzzing around a plant or a flower and just recognize all the different interconnected systems. But you know what? As human beings, we're also part of that nature. We're also part of that intelligence. That, and that to me is a great opportunity because I think this is the, this is where the opportunity is. So, some food for thought for you is: where do you have first of all a proven success system? Like, what are you naturally seemingly good at? And maybe you could reflect. You got a pen and a bit of paper, and like the guy with the tiki bar, write down: what am I doing inside myself when things are going well? What am I saying to myself? How am I in terms of even my feeling, my state. Um, and then can I apply that system to other areas, in particular, maybe your work? Um, or perhaps if you're, everything's going well in work, maybe apply it to your life, your personal relationships. And then part B is, what about experimenting for the next few weeks with learning how to relax your mind even more? You know, that learning how to maybe just let go of all the concerns, let go of the even the agendas that you have which may be coming from ego or um, even over ambition. What about you just experiment with just being very present with activities, doing them the best to your ability, training your mind to be very much in the present, and then seeing and seeing if what I'm saying is true. Does something else kick in? Does this inbuilt inner system kick in inside yourself? My experience is showing me more and more that it is. And as an aside, before I close out, um, I am doing something soon. I'll leave a link in the in the comments box or somewhere around this podcast 
that's called sustainable high performance where i'm doing a three-day intensive to explore some of this kind of stuff i'm not it's not going to overly promote it here but if you're it's new material from my point of view if you're interested you can check that out um so in a very succinct way and i hope this makes sense to me the key to success really and, and sustain and like genuine meaningful success is actually figuring out for you how to stay out of the way of your own mind actually more often how do you stay out of the way of your own mind because the best success system overall really is to be present in a in a very meaningful way where you're not um overly dictated by your thoughts coming from the past or your unconscious mind or your ego that you're connected to this better part of you what i call actually the inner ceo the part of you that's clear calm centered creative it's a better communicator and when you're in that part, you're going to enjoy and go into kind of free flow mode. And I'm going to talk about that actually in the next episode. So um, if you could, like I've said the last time, I would really appreciate it if you're enjoying the podcast, you might give them a star rating. You might leave me a, a positive a testimonial on the podcast because it really helps. And uh, you might just hit hit like um, and maybe share it with somebody else. Anyway, food for thought. Take care. Bye.